Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. From Sunday's Soda Fountain on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette, we're Out to Lunch with Christian Maida, editor and publisher of The Current. It's business Acadiana style. Welcome to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. What's the point of working yourself stiff if you can't take it with you when you go? Younger folks in the American workforce get it. Maybe wealth and power aren't all that they're cracked up to be if we're just going to give it up when we cross into the great beyond. If baby boomers were workaholics and Gen Xers were the slackers, then millennials and the generations after them have become the work-life balance generations. And that can mean leaving the runaround of a steady job. Quitting can be rewarding, in other words, if it means spending more time with your family. Seth Cauldron left his job offshore to spend more time with his three-year-old son and chart a new career in the arts with his wife, Jana. In 2021, they launched Aaron Gray Company, a Louisiana-themed custom engraving woodwork and design brand. They built a shop in their backyard and packed it with woodworking equipment and a laser engraver. Jana makes the designs while Seth turns out the products. And they can make just about anything out of wood, acrylic, and leather, and they specialize in custom gifts. Their hottest seller is a handmade cocktail smoker made with wood chips from white oak barrels used to age Wildcat Brothers rum. Seth and Jana Cauldron, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thank you. Pleasure to be here. So one career change can be a big enough challenge for family. What about two? Deanna Saison left a career with a good company to pursue her passion for interior design. And after 12 years at the Lemoyne Company, she opened Saison Designs in August 2021. That same year, her husband, Alex, left his full-time job and turned to his thriving side hustle for a new career. He launched Syrup Trading Company in 2019, a brand for his homemade simple syrup. Uh, when it was just a part-time gig, he managed to get his syrup into 120 stores. So when Adam Smith's invisible hand closed the door on his last job and opened a window for entrepreneurship, Syrup Trading Company blew up. Today, Alex Syrups are sold in 350 stores spread across California, Texas, Florida, Indiana, and Louisiana, including some big-name brands like Costco and Total Wines. Alex and Deanna Saison, welcome to Out to Lunch. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Seth, Jana, of all the craft businesses, y'all choose one that has, I would assume, some steep startup costs, right? Like you're yes. coming in and saying, like, I want to <laughs> get into laser engravings. That means you have to buy a laser. I mean, did, did, were you already doing laser engraving or was this a no, leap of faith? So it was a huge leap of faith. I was offshore one day, came across an ad for a laser engraver, and I was like, man, this is it's interesting. We're both visual artists, so I thought maybe I could do artwork. She can sell jewelry on the side. And it just took off from there. Yeah. I mean, we did our first show in Sunset Herb Fest okay. in 2021, and we killed it. So that's when we actually started thinking, maybe we can do this full time, and then just went for it. Yeah. I mean, Jenna, had you been doing any sort of product design work before that, or was this your first venture into doing making something that becomes a something? So, no. Um, I started, I graduated in apparel design, and when I got my degree, that's when I realized I don't want to make a single article of clothing um, after I graduated. But I do love the design and what, in Louisiana, like what, what are you going to do with that degree? So I came across, my two little cousins were graduating high school and I surprised them and I made a bear out of their, our grandparents that passed away clothing. And my aunt was like, 
this can be something. Seven years later, I was doing full-time with Janice Memory Bears. It was great. It kept me busy. It brought in a second income while Seth was offshore, and it served its purpose, but I realized, like, I do better not working for someone. Sure. <laughs> so I made, I made it work, and it did it for seven years, and it was great. So it was a huge leap of faith when Seth left his full-time job as well. Sure. I mean, speaking of making it work, leaps of faith, I mean, um, Deanna, Alex, you guys had two career changes in your family unit in, in, one, in one bit, which strikes me as like, I mean, I can imagine going home to my wife and saying, hey, I quit my job, and she's like, hey, me too. Um, so, I mean... What are the odds? What, what, I mean, talk to me a little bit about that transition. I mean, it kind of seemed to time out at the same time. I know it's a, there's some overlap there, but, I mean, surely that was a big decision to make as a couple, right, Deanna? It was. It was. Um, you know, Alex, he made his decision, and at the same time, my career was shifting. We had some changes um, at the company I was with. Um, and with that, um, you know, I, I kept having conversations with him, giving him, you know, just the, um, confidence to take the leap and yeah. I'm like, I need to tell that to myself and really, you know, yeah. so I did and I just, we made it work. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, with COVID and everything slowing down and, and a lot of industries showing their vulnerability, um, whether it be supply chain, whether it be oil and gas, yeah. you know, we did kind of learn from that, that look, n no job or industry is hundred percent safe. Right. Um, and so when it, when it came down to us making some career choices, she's right. We just kind of coached each other. And then at the same time, also listened to our own advice that we were giving the other person. Um, and for me, you know, I had been running my business about two years, sure. again, on the side, nights and weekends, cooking and, and, and getting stuff, kind of the infrastructure set up. So I felt like I had a good proof of concept. Um, she had been in real estate prior. Uh, she worked for a construction company, one of the largest in Louisiana. And so, you know, there was a lot of knowledge in the spaces that we were going to go and play in, yeah. um, you know, but yeah, it's still, you know, it's still scary. You're taking a big leap, but yeah. um, I would say very rewarding. So. Yeah. So, so something that the couples, I guess, would have in common here. I mean, you both making cocktail adjacent products. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm a guy who enjoys a Manhattan, but weirdly, I don't know that I'd ever heard of a cocktail smoker before. Can you just describe as best you can? What does a cocktail smoker actually do? All right. So old fashions are like my go-to drink now. Yeah. But if you just smoke a bourbon, whiskey, or even a rum, it just gives you this nice smoky flavor, yeah. mellows it out a little bit, and it's great. Um, the idea actually came from we were downtown doing an event, yeah. and a cop asked us to make one. <laughs> and I was like, never made one before. I never even heard of them. But yeah. after a little research, you know, we put in our first concept. We actually submitted the design to a professional engineer yeah. to get approved. And once he approved it, I mean, we sold... I think we've sold 600 of them wow. in the last three months. So, I mean, they're they're getting out there. So, I mean, is it, like, a thing that actually yeah. makes it come on fire? I mean, what, what is the thing that you're making? So, if you say we have a rocks glass, you pour yeah. a shot of bourbon or whatever in it. This actually sits on top of the glass. Okay. And then there's a smoke chamber. Okay. So, you put a little bit of the wood chips, which okay. we get from the Wildcat Brothers uh, Rum Distillery. It's their aged uh, persimmons, cherry, white oak. I think there's one more, right? Uh, I'm woods. just familiar with typically yeah. oak. But 
put it in a smoke chamber, you torch it, and it pushes all the smoke into the glass hmm. and just gives it this real nice mellow flavor. So you got to bring your own butane torch. What you're yeah, so, right. well, I brought one. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, great. I mean, um, Alex, I mean, do you have a flavor that you feel like would pair well with a smoked liquor? I mean, do you, are you thinking about your cocktail syrups in that way? Like, are you having to sort of anticipate specific drinks? Well, people like this. This is the simple syrup used for that. I mean, talk to me a little bit just like product development for yeah, the simple so, syrup industry. So product development, uh, you make a lot of cocktails and you drink them. Sounds terrible. It's, uh, it's so, you know, yeah. it is a challenging world to, to operate in, but, you know, I go ahead and I, I jump on that grenade and I, I do my best. Um, so what we do is we think <laughs> about the spirit, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we, we always think about yeah. the spirit first. Yeah. Uh, so if, if we're thinking about tequila or we're thinking about a good bourbon, we're thinking about a rye whiskey, and then we say, okay, what are we going to make with this? So you said Manhattans, right? Yeah. Um, so you're going to go with a rye. You're going to get a lot of cinnamon spice from that. You're going to get – it's going to probably be a younger spirit, four, six years old. It's not going to be a 10-, 12-year-old bourbon. Um, and so what we suggest, you know, our Ciro de Saison, this is our flagship product. Mm -hmm. The notes that are in this is going to be toasted molasses, a little bit of vanilla bean, pure cane sugar, so you get kind of that a hint of a steamed syrup. Um, and this is simply just made to complement the spirit. It's not made to take over the drink. And then so you can take something like a smoker um, or you can take a very specific aromatic bitters and you can put those little flavor nuances in that cocktail. Um, I think being from South Louisiana, the best way that I would tell people either from here or not from here, we love to cook, right? Um, gumbo. No one's gumbo is the same. And so our products are the seasoning for cocktails. It's not a, it's not a one size fits all. You can only do this with it. Pour a little bit, pour a little. No, this is, you know, this is the Tony Sacheries or the Tabasco. What that is to food, this is to cocktails. And, uh, and we make products that, you know, product line extensions are going to support that kind of theory. Um, and if they don't, then they just don't make it to market. So, uh, so yeah. Yeah. Deanna, I, one thing I'm generally curious about the, the world of interior design is, is getting into your foot in the door, right? I mean, the idea that, like, you kind of have to have a portfolio to get that first job, but you need to get a job to get a portfolio. So, like, you're coming out of your previous career and you're saying, I'm going to make a go with this. I have an eye for design. You also got to convince people that you have an eye for design. I mean, how do you get that first gig? Or how did you get that first gig? So, Saison Designs was really, um, that wasn't my, in my head, whenever I'm leaving my career and getting into real estate. Like, that was the change that I was doing, going from the Lemoyne Company into real estate at um, Caldwell Banker Trahan Group. And during that transition, I had a builder reach out, and he needed some help. Um, with that being said, it was his 2022 parade house okay. that he was just putting on the market. Yeah. It wasn't for a homeowner, but he needed some help. So he reached out and he said, hey, can you help me? And I was like, yeah, sure. Um, and with that, it just, it blew up. I mean, I finished that house. We had the parade in April of 2022. And last year I had 10 new construction homes wow. um, that I designed and, um, and built for homeowners. Wow, so you mean like you kind of lucked into a I did. proof it of just, concept. It just, yeah. it really felt, in my lap yeah. um 
and with doing that parade home, he landed some homeowners that wanted to do customs, introduced me to them. It was a fit for, you know, everybody. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, and it just, I mean, it kept growing and it's still growing. Yeah, I mean, so it sounds like, so the cauldrons, it sounds like your primary product kind of fell in your lap. I mean, a police officer tells you about it. Um, yeah. So I, I, we don't have to get into how that happened. I mean, just... You know your, your your criminal record is your own business, but the I mean, how did you like? Are you mostly coming up with ideas based on you know sort of organic market research like that? Let's call it or, or chance encounters with law enforcement. Well, it's kind of us sitting around and probably sets having a, a drink and with with the syrup <laughs> that that right. is a staple in our house. Cool, and we're just like. What else can we come up with? <laughs> and we I had an idea for an art piece. And we were, it was a Saturday night. We were enjoying, we were cooking. And I was like, what if we do this? And then Seth's like, no. What if we do this? Okay. And I was like, okay, well, I take your idea and then I raise you. Mm-hmm. And we go back and forth, back and forth. And it, the piece comes alive and it works out. We do other things that we look around and we're just like, okay, well, how can we put a spin? Can we engrave that? Mm-hmm. Is it toxic? Mm-hmm. Will it sell? How much will it cost us? And it's it's constantly, like, my notes in my phone, every time I have an idea, yeah. jot it down, Seth does the same thing, and he texts me, he's like, add that to the note, the idea notes. So you said that one of the things in the decision tree here is that something might be toxic. Can you explain so, that? Yeah. yeah. So whenever we engrave stuff, we can't engrave like plastic or something oh, like that because okay. you're literally burning through it. Right. So it's right. Toxic it's the lasers. Fumes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. You're listening to Out to Lunch. I'm Christian Mater. I'm talking with Seth and Jenna Cauldron of Aaron Gray Company, Alex Saison of Syrup Trading Company, and Deanna Saison of Saison Designs. Are you guys finding that like as you come up with product concepts that you're having to like with this? cocktail smoker i mean i, I got to imagine you build this thing and you're like wow there's a market for this thing i had no idea yeah. existed until now or or is it you know i can imagine you guys kind of trolling around on etsy and saying well there seems to be a lot of trends well, in this so, kind of home decor i mean yeah i mean we yeah. we know a lot of people so we, we pitch ideas to them see what they think yeah. they give us feedback and we won't make like a hundred at a time we'll design like five of them give them to them mm-hmm. and then see what they think they use our product and if they love it then you know we'll make some more try and sell it at the farmer's market or something and if it really takes off we'll put it on our website and then you know yeah pray that, <laughs> that it really takes off but well, i mean the cocktail smoker was definitely our first item that really took off and then uh we started designing our own hats so we laser engrave artwork on felt hats and we started doing that in october of last year for festival acadian mm-hmm. and we did very well off of those <laughs> so then we did a mardi gras design that we've sold a bunch of and then we unveiled our newest design on a news Wednesday that we'll be launching here pretty soon. So, okay. I mean, it's they're taking off. That's exciting. I mean, yeah. Alex, I mean, i got to imagine you have to go through a similar process in thinking about maybe how you expand your own product line. You've got, a, you know, several different flavors here. I mean, is it – we talked about the Manhattan. Thank you for the advice on how to think about that. Um, but, but, like, you know, are, are you kind of mostly targeting conventional bar, you know, bar staples like that? Are you – trying to imagine cocktails of the, you know, the, I don't know, something creative, something you might see Tom Cruise do in a movie. I mean, how does that work? No, I'd say it's a more retro look than it is a forward look. Um, I don't think we've created any, you know, really authentic cocktail. Mm-hmm. I think we've done a great job of creating very authentic cocktail syrups. Yeah. Um, 
And what I try to do, you know, hyper-focus on marketing, right? So these products are very versatile. And so it's how do we educate people on what they can do with them? Um, because the beauty of our product or what I really like at, about it from a business perspective is I can get the Ciro de Saison on your bar. And if I can educate you how to make four to five different great cocktails with it, um, with spirits that you like to sip on, then you're going to go through this bottle a lot quicker. So I don't focus so much on product line extensions and new products and new products and new products. Um, I focus on how do you utilize, how does the consumer utilize our syrups um, to make better cocktails and enjoy the product more with more people. Are you mostly thinking about the user experience here being, you know, uh, Seth at his house making a cocktail or is it you know, the bartender at, you know, a place making craft cocktails. It's, it's going to be more set at his house, mixing up an old-fashioned, and, and especially making one and serving it to his friend. So, again, think about how unique the cocktail experience is. I could go to your house, and I could say, hey, you could ask me, Alex, what do you want to drink? Hey, man, make me a Manhattan. I heard you, you like those. You're good at them. Fix me one up. That Manhattan is going to be unique to how you make it. And that flavor and that taste and the memories and the discussions we have that night are going to be obviously very unique to you and I. And so that flavor is indicative of me going to your house and hanging out with you. I may go somewhere else and have a Manhattan. It is probably going to taste slightly different. Sure. So it's more, these products are more uh, focused and positioned on the consumer, taking it home to their home bar, making cocktails, having a great time sharing them with the people that they invite over and it's very much the south louisiana culture in a bottle you know if you're not from here you don't get it right you don't go to festival or you don't have a bunch of people over at your house that's what we do we love having people over come over come come eat everything we have come drink everything we have and go home happy like that's 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 how we roll down here yeah and so this in my opinion gives someone on the cocktail side uh a great opportunity to share some really unique flavors of South Louisiana and our culture at the same time. Deanna, I'm kind of curious, I mean, similar sort of question that I asked um, um, Alex. I mean, it sounded like your kind of first project was associated with a piece of new construction, right? It's a, you know, somebody's manufacturing a home essentially, and then they're going to sell the product with your design inside of it. So, so are you mostly working with um, consumers in that way? I'd say consumers, I mean, like working with a contractor who's building a home, who's like, you want to feature your eye in here or is it you know I want to do a renovation inside my house and so I'm gonna hire you to help me do that all the above great <laughs> I mean talk to me a little bit about the differences in those processes I mean it seems like it could be a lot of fun but also sort of daunting to have a blank canvas right with the new construction home and another thing being like somebody sort of I don't know watching you while you work and saying like well I don't know if I want that lamp there I mean how does that how do those two processes differ yeah so for new construction to me that's easy yeah it's a blank canvas yeah. right so that's just taking kind of interviewing yeah. right the client seeing what they like how, what's their family like you know and just learn about them and then do the design for them right when we do in renovations you don't have a blank canvas sure and you start ripping walls out, tearing things up, and there's issues that come up and, you know, or people call because they had an issue, right? They have a pipe bust in their living room and it's going straight through their kitchen and, you know, so a lot of emotions are involved. 
but um, I mean, I just kind of take it project by project. Yeah. So, uh, turning back to the cauldrons over here, I mean, you guys are making some custom work, but I mean, something that y'all do that's I think differs from maybe other types of custom work is you guys are actually manufacturing the whole thing. It's not just like buying a blank and then you put the design exactly. on it, right? So whenever we first started, it was definitely us buying bulk items like cutting boards or something and engraving and then turn around and reselling them. Mm -hmm. But now that we built the shop behind our house, we have a full wood shop. So anything that we sell is handmade by us. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of people around Lafayette that do engravings and there's most of the time they're reselling stuff but like i said whenever you buy from us you know whether it be a cutting board or smokers you know it's yeah. handmade so i mean does that i mean i kind of imagine that creates some production bottlenecks for y'all where you're like man I mean, it is this is great we can build a kind of higher quality product like we could put our real stamp on it but at the same time it's like if you got one laser engraver i mean how many yeah uh, how that, many pieces can you crank that and like the machinery in our shop only I use. Yeah. So it, it, it gets difficult sometimes around Christmas because we sure. do like a, a lot of the heirloom recipe cutting boards. Yeah. Like we sell a bunch of those and it's, you know, right now it's just me making them. Yeah. So I, she I does the engravings and I'll just make the cutting board. So it's, it's time consuming. I imagine around Christmas time you're drinking a lot of that syrup. I mean, um, yeah. so, <laughs> so much. Like all so of us. Much. Keep it rolling. <laughs> just because just you have that uncle that just wants to argue with yeah. you and you're going to have to have the syrups. Um, so, I mean, like, same kind of question to you. I mean, how does the distribution process? I mean, are you just cooking this stuff in a, in a cauldron in your home and then <laughs> batching it out? Or are you using a service to bulk prepare it for you? Yeah, no. So we uh, cradle to grave. We do everything ourselves. Um, so we're probably about 35,000 bottles in at this point, and um, wow. I, have, I have made every one of them. Um, I do have my dad that comes in and helps me. Sure. Uh, he's a ripe age of 70. He's in very good shape, and he's got a lot of free time on his hands. So he comes and hangs out, um, and he'll help, me, he'll help me bottle some stuff and yeah. put a cap on a bottle or two. And, um, but no, so uh, we produce, you know, the most we've ever produced is 2,000 bottles in a week. Wow. Um, and we typically try to produce around 2,500 to 3,000 bottles a month. Mm -hmm. um, that's kind of our current, you know, supply-demand picture. And then we ship out uh, to distribution channels. So I, I knew I never wanted to be the person putting it on the shelf at Rouse's right. um, or Total Wine, but I wanted to be the person manufacturing it and marketing it. Mm -hmm. And so we have distribution partners that we ship it directly to. So we'll ship a pallet of product to Houston, and then that dis distributor will internally you know ship it to various dcs maybe in dallas austin san antonio and then they get it to the actual store so they they handle all of that um they handle all the collections uh from those in retailers um and we have the same thing in california same thing in louisiana same thing in florida and that's kind of how we grow our business geographically as we reach out and we get into new areas um right now we're focused on south carolina um, and Colorado. So those are kind of the current, uh, our 2023 goals. But, um, but yeah, man, it's a, it's a very scalable process, very scalable product. Shelf, shelf life is pretty phenomenal as well. Yeah, I mean, Jana, have you guys been retailing mostly directly? I mean, have you thought about distribution? I mean, is that a thing that's on the to-do list here? We are, actually. We do um, a few items is wholesale, and we're on fair. Yeah. And then we also have, um, we sell in consignments. We have shops in New Orleans, 
Baton Rouge, here. Um, so we're trying to potentially grow and snag. There's there's a few Holy Grail businesses that I'm trying to reach and um, just trying to grow mm-hmm. while it's still just us so far. Sure. I mean, how do you, so like the, when you're trying to market into a store, right? Like if there's you know, some store that you, you know you want to get there. I mean, usually what is it that you have to, what's the river you got across there to get it? Is it the number of units you can produce? Is it some sort of like price point that they want? That, so we're, we're in, uh, what's it called? Home Alone. And we're in a process of getting stuff into Flirty Girl, okay. which are very touristy we're spots trying. in New Orleans. Yeah. <laughs> so the stuff that we want to get in there is anything Louisiana related. Um, we recently started doing Mardi Gras ladder chairs Okay. to where Love it. we're going to sell them. They're, gonna, they're not going to come assembled, but you put them together using like a box joint to where you just got to screw them together. Good to go. But we That's already incredible. contacted Flirty Girl about it, yeah. and they're interested for 2024 Mardi Gras season. So it's just, I don't know, It was it's hard to get into stores like that because they're very particular about what they want, you know. And it's, but, it's not just like they're particular, but it's, I do look on their stores, go inside, shop around, and it's like, can't, they? everybody has the big dangle Mardi Gras earrings, everybody has that, and the headbands, the Mardi Gras headbands is huge right now, so no one has the hats, and then no one has the hats that's Louisiana inspired, because we have people that, they moved away, they're in Texas, they're in Florida, and they want that South still with them so they order the hats um from them so we just we try to keep in mind what else can we do that no one else does or that really separates us from a big box company man i love this energy first of all if you guys have one of those mardi gras ladders i'll buy it from you right now we were trying to make one the other (laughs) way it was a mess um, but no, I love this energy. I mean, right, the idea that, of course, like, historically, family businesses were a thing, right? I mean, everybody, like, family business in my family, and it's really great to see this kind of expand in its own ways. Yeah, People become entrepreneurs. So, um, Seth and Jana, Deanna, Alex, thanks for joining me today on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Thank you. Thank thanks you. for having us. Thank you. My guests on Out to Lunch Acadiana today have been Seth and Jana Cauldron, owners of Aaron Gray Company, Alex Saison of Syrup Trading Company, and Deanna Saison of Saison Designs. We edited this conversation to fit into our time slot here on KRVS, and you can hear our unedited conversation. Find out more about the Cauldrons and the Saisons by listening to the Out to Lunch Acadiana podcast. You can find and subscribe on your podcast app and on our website, itsacadiana.com. If you want to know... What we all look like, you can find photos from this show on itsacadiana.com and on our social media. These photos were taken by Aster Morgan. You can find more of Aster's photos at astermorgan.com. Out to Lunch Acadiana is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsacadiana.com and KRVS 88.7 FM. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our associate producers are Molly Richard and Chad Terrio. Our researcher is Leah Erdialis. Today's show was engineered by Dylan Babineau. I'm Christian Mader. I'm editor of the Current Lafayette's nonprofit news outlet. For stories deeper than the headlines, head to thecurrentla.com. Till then, join me next time for more business and conversation on Out to Lunch Acadiana. Bye-bye. Out to Lunch Acadiana is recorded live over lunch at Sunday Soda Fountain. A Sunday's experience includes nostalgic classics like ice cream sundaes, house-made sodas, hamburgers, milkshakes, coffee, and even libations. Sunday's historic soda fountain is open seven days a week with sidewalk dining on Jefferson Street in downtown Lafayette.
Major support for Out to Lunch is provided by the law firm of Jones Walker, established in 1937 with over 375 attorneys in offices throughout the U.S., providing a comprehensive range of services to a local, national, and international client base. JonesWalker.com. Mitchell Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. You can hear Mitchell's music anywhere great jazz is sold or streamed and at MitchellForeman.com. If you'd like to be part of Out to Lunch, to learn how your business or organization can become an Out to Lunch program partner, email info at inobroadcasting.com. 